True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal sheets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet, your source for exhaustive investigations into anything socially deviant, scientifically unexplainable, horrifically sinister, and, if we get lucky, criminal. My name is Thad Helsley, and I am joined by my amazing co-host and the head of product development for Rollins Sporting Goods, Cassia. Hello, thank you. Good work with these new baseballs, Cassia. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and the new head consultant of the Pine Tar Manufacturers Association, our artificial intelligence engine, Bernice. Laugh if you want. We were having a boom year until MLB crashed our party. If you say so, Bernice. So, Cassie and Bernice, in today's episode, we celebrate the ongoing dumpster fire of Major League Baseball management, which seems to extend into the distant horizon. And it's a bit tragic. Coming out of spring training, most teams in Major League Baseball open this year's season with post-COVID optimism, and as vaccinations increased, fans were gradually welcomed back into stadiums. But this collective feeling of baseball kumbaya was not to last, as a new scandal seized the MLB less than two months into the 2021 season. I'm wondering if you think MLB is doing the right thing by cracking down on... Press conference with Pete Alonso, star first baseman for the New York Mets. Oh, absolutely not. I think that um, since the start of the game, pitchers have been using substances. I mean, there's a bag of rosin behind the mound right now to help guys dry their hands and get grip. For me, I think whether they're using pine tar rosin, bullfrog or sunscreen and rosin or whatever they want to use to help control the ball, let them use it because for me, it's... I, I go in the box every single day, and I see guys throwing harder and harder every day. And I don't want to—I don't want 99 slipping out of someone's hand because they didn't have enough feel for it. I think that the the biggest concern is that uh, Major League Baseball manipulates the baseballs year in and year out. With other sports, the ball's the same, like basketball, football, tennis, golf—like balls the same. Cassia, in our previous podcast series, From the Cheap Seats, you and I cover the so-called juiced baseballs of the 2019 season that led to crazy, artificially high home run numbers by batters. After that news leaked, MLB and the ball manufacturer they owned, Rawlings, went back to the old balls. But later that same season, you and I were at the forefront of reporting on the sign-stealing of the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox, which influenced the outcome of two World Series. But here's my question. Why is this particular scandal different from those? It's different because this rule has been on the books for many decades, but it has only been enforced as of June or whatever. Bernice, can you help explain Rule 3.01? Certainly. On page 5 of the 188-page document, Official Rules of Major League Baseball. Rule 3.01 states, No player shall intentionally discolor or damage the ball by rubbing it with soil, rosin, 
paraffin, licorice, sandpaper, emery paper or other foreign substance. Penalty, the umpire shall demand the ball and remove the offender from the game. In addition, the offender shall be suspended automatically for 10 games. So, Kase, as you say, MLB incorporated this rule into the official rule book. But then, no umpire actually enforces this rule for over 75 years. I imagine most fans, like you and I, were blissfully ignorant that this activity was even going on. So why, in April 2021, did this become a thing that anyone even cares about? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know the order of events. From the article that I have read, it's it. This is a Washington Post article. It claims that the that because of this terrible rate of hits that has been going on, that cued everybody. The hits were what was uh, responsible for all the hits back in uh, twenty nineteen. But now it's it's the strikeouts and the lack of hits. Sure, that exactly. Is what cued everybody. Or just the opposite. You know, why, so why, why in, in April? April? Yeah, did this become a thing anyone even cares about? Is that when Trevor tweeted the thing in April? Well, there was, there was in April 2021. Uh, and remember, the season only started, you know, uh, basically the season starts on April 1st or March 31st or whatever. So this, this comes out in the sporting news. Um, uh, article about this sticky stuff and of course like you were saying there was a lot of you know all through spring training everything else there was a lot of speculation they basically sort of broke the news that guys were using endemically using various endemically. things Okay, well, what, what's a better word? No, no, I wasn't saying graduate? it was a bad word. I was, just un- <laughs> I was, I was underscoring your word. Okay. Wasn't um, critical. You know, and it's one thing if you get some minor league schlub to go on the record, but they get, you know, last year. Trevor fucking Bauer. Trevor fucking Bauer of the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers, who is – Number, you know, number one bad boy in every conceivable way, which we're going to get into. You know, everybody hates his guts, but he obviously, you know, hey man, let's 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 watch that trigger. He goes on the record. He goes on the record. Indeed. Well, what you're talking about is the media. How how the news of the crackdown. Uh, emerged through sports media. Look, I don't personally have an opinion on this. I just know that I read a Washington Post article which says that after last year's pandemic season, the MLB committed to cracking down on sticky stuff. I don't know how they know that. I don't know where that comes from. They don't source it. Apparently, they had sent monitors to stadiums to collect used balls and were tracking changes in spin rates. And Mm. two months two months into the season, they outlined their findings about the prevalence of foreign substances and what their effects were on the game. And this and is according to the, the Washington Post. This is according to the Washington Post. The lamestream media. The lamestream media. Yeah. 
but uh, but they're a good a good lamestream media. I mean, their their boss went to space. So. It doesn't. <laughs> Personally, it makes zero sense to me. And again, Trevor Bauer communicated this in his many interviews on the subject. Why would you fundamentally alter the game two months into a season? Why would anyone do that? Why would anyone at any point think that was a good idea? And this is what what is sort of perplexing because if if this rule has been in the books for uh, many, many decades and yet uh, – Un, you know, just completely unenforced, unanimously unenforced by every umpire on the planet. I guess let's just back up. I mean, what what are, I think our listeners are saying at this point, why should I even care what a pitcher smears on a baseball? Why does that matter to me? The batter still has to try to swing and hit a hundred mile per hour ball coming at them from 60 yards away. How does this change anything? Sure. Look, you can care if you want don't if you don't that's up to you (laughs) (laughs) basically if if you put sticky stuff on a ball it spins more if it spins more it's harder to hit and that might not be fair because there have been a lot of strikeouts like an all-time high if you want to go to the game and you want to see your favorite player get on base or you want to see a home run and you want to stand up and cheer you should care about sticky stuff that's okay. my non-mathematical answer. So, Kasia, I think probably the average listener is a little confused because that little white bag at the back of every pitcher's mound uh, in every stadium is filled with something called rosin. And that is apparently legal. And it's been used for decades and decades. Bernice, can you tell us what rosin is? Rosin is a solid form of resin obtained from pines and some other plants. It is extensively used for its friction-increasing capacity in several fields. Baseball pitchers use a small cloth bag of powdered rosin for better ball control. The rosin bag is to absorb the moisture from the hand and to provide more traction and grip. Baseball players sometimes combine rosin with sunscreen, creating a very sticky substance that allows far more grip on the ball than the rosin alone will the use of which is a violation of Major League Baseball rules. Kasia, if some derivation of pine tar, as Bernice just explained to it, is already MLB legal, why do pitchers seek something even more sticky, like they need Gorilla Glue or something? Look, I just think the whole thing is extremely lame. These are supposed to be athletes. (laughs) And... Reading all this stuff, it sounds like these people have spent a lot of time at a Michael's craft store, going through the aisles, picking out, you know, different little paintbrushes and weird goops with different names. It just sounds really, really lame to me. I didn't know, and I'm not an expert on baseball, but I didn't know anything about this until this started to happen. Well, exactly, exactly. And and like you're saying, spider tack, which is one of the gorilla glue-esque kind of things that guys are using, it can actually be purchased on Amazon. And, you know, there's there's a little, there's these videos that they have there where you can watch. And it was originally developed for bodybuilder gym guys 
You know, it really didn't have anything to do with their performance. It was just so that they could hold onto the bar, you know, when it had three or 400 pounds on it or something like that. And nobody said they couldn't use it because they still had to lift the 400 pounds. But and then until the pitchers came up with it and then it was like, whoa, hey, look at this stuff, man. So <laughs> we can we can lift a small animal with this with our hand. Yeah, it it looks disgusting. The photos of it on Amazon, it's like guys lifting gigantic balls up onto a platform or like someone holding a breeze block off of their hand, like suspended midair. Right. That does not seem like what should be used in our precious baseball, right? Like, No, no. But going back to bad boy Trevor Bauer, so... Thanks to him and other people weighed in. And, you know, I, I have to say, you know, our own uh, Max Scherzer, who we, you know, on again, off again love, you know, he sort of came clean and said, yeah, yeah, you know, we use the stuff. We use the stuff, but I'm not going to comment until the investigation is over. So they do it. And, and here's the thing is like, if they were going to do, if they, meaning the MLB, was going to make a new rule, why not do it like, between seasons, so everybody has a chance to adjust to it. I completely agree with you. I completely And instead, they come out with this brand new rule in the middle of June, right? Now we're, we're two and a half months into the season. Suddenly, boom. Okay, Bernice, can you tell us what the new rule is? Umpires have been instructed to strictly enforce rules 3.01 and 6.02. They will perform checks periodically throughout the game of all starting and relief pitchers on both teams. Inspections will be conducted between innings or after pitching changes. In addition umpires may perform a check at any time during the game. A player who possesses or applies foreign substances in violation of the playing rules will be immediately ejected from the game and suspended. The umpiring crew shall be the sole judge as to whether the rules have been violated. Kazi, can you make sense of this for me? I mean, a couple of pitchers were forced to take their pants off on the pitcher's mound on national television. What the F? Well, just in the interests of journalistic integrity, I feel like, again, Sergio Romo, the guy who took his pants down, was not Oakland forced. A's. Oakland A's. He was not forced to take his pants down. He was being questioned, and he pulled them down, and the ump was like, whoa, you had to go there? Like, he was not made. That's not part of the rule. This is Okay, you're... Well, uh, now... We all know baseball players are gigantic drama queens, and anytime you challenge them, they, they like, go into their hysterics, and they're like, oh, how dare you? Well, no, that is a good point. I mean, when they they know how, like, if they're going to get hit by a ball, right? They you know they make it look like they were like Bruce Willis just shot him with a machine gun. So <laughs> it's like, oh my! Ah, ah, ah. You're right. You're right. So so yeah. He, so they he weren't forced of, to take their pants off. What about what about when that. they did when when they did Max? Because they well, do with Max, make you the big thing is supposedly the belt buckle is a, is the a place belt to hide. Buckle. Well, okay. Yeah. So the one of the umps grabbed. I watched a video. One of the umps okay. grabbed. I watched the Zapruder film version <laughs> of the Masters <laughs> video. <laughs> one of the, the magic umps, bullet. So. 
the <laughs> one of the umps kind of grabs for his belt buckle and kind of is like, hey, what's going on there? But he doesn't really open it. And then Max is the one who who reaches and opens the belt. I don't know that he was made to do that. I don't I don't think any of us can say. It looked like a heat of the moment thing. Like they were like, "Hey, you got something in there?" And he remember he kept saying, "I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing." Well, part of what would uh supercharge that situation was because by this new rule that Bernice just read, they as they walk out to the mound between the innings, they are checked by an ump. He has to show him sure. his hat. He has to show him his belt buckle and some other things. And then when they're coming back from the mound at the end of the inning, they have to go through the same process. So they get checked twice as if sure. something dropped like manna from the sky in the middle of the inning on top of them. You know, spider tack. You know, we had a, t- a tiny little pellet that was hidden in his gums or something. I don't know. but 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 apparently... In that particular case with Max, the opposing manager, he can call in the new altered rule three three dot oh one. Sounds like George Orwell's room one oh one or something. Can call for a check right in the middle, and that is what right. pissed Max off, right? Because it was it was clearly just it was just a uh, you know just a douchebag move, right? Just to just to throw him off his game. You know, I mean, come on. Sure. I mean, prisoners walking into Auschwitz the first time were treated with more dignity, dignity than these millionaire pitchers. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> okay, I just want to pause for a second and go yeah. back to the absurdity of this randomly being enforced in the middle of the season. Okay, let's do that. Because, okay, remember the pitch clock bullshit? Oh my God, yes. What, so whatever happened like, to that? Yeah, whatever happened in the pitch clock. But they were like, hey, we're going to do this pitch clock thing. I know it's going to really mess you guys up. So we're going to do it at spring training. And then, like, a couple people were like, nah, nah, I don't like that. And the MLB was like, okay, we're just not going to do the pitch clock this year then. If you guys don't want to, we don't want to. And they, like, ran. They were like little wallflowers about it. And they, like, ran away to their corner. They're like, oh, well, maybe we'll do it next year. You know, and things and are worse clock- than ever. They're worse exactly. than ever. I mean, the, the Nats are famous for five-hour games. You know, who wants right. to stay for a five-hour game? You can't. I mean, you have to leave in the fifth inning to catch the Metro, you know, the last 11 p.m. Metro. It's just I, crazy. You don't got to tell me. I know, because you and I were both that thing. We'd have to leave in the middle of I the game can't. and run to the Metro to get to the last train. I have the longest attention span of anyone I know. My age, older, younger, and I literally, I cannot take it. <laughs> why Why is the approach to the pitch clock, which is so much less invasive than this, this is way more related to, like, the way you throw the ball, your whole, like, every moment of the at-bat. Of the at- well, and I think why would they approach it- the pitch clock so differently than they approach sticky stuff? Yeah, and, and, and maybe they are all in the same bucket in a way supposedly the goal is to get the the length of the game down to under three hours two and a half ideally which almost never happens especially with the Nats but now the game has shifted so you know the argument we were having back in 2019 when we were talking about how the baseballs themselves have been altered 
um, and it favored the hitters. Now it's the opposite because they went back. They said, "Okay, okay, okay." It went, you know, everybody was screaming their heads off, pooping their pants. You, your attitude, if we want to go back to one of those old episodes, was more like, "Look, if everybody, it's an even playing field. If everybody has the same ball, why does it make any difference?" And I was like, "Well, it makes difference in history because everybody was using a different kind of ball." when all those other records were set. But that's another story. Now they're back to the old bull, except these guys are just like, they're not just putting, it's not just a spitball, right? It's not just rosin. It's not just sunscreen. And and like, how are they going to outlaw sunscreen? Like these guys sit out there for four or five hours in the sun and they're going to say, sure, "Uh, you're not going to have sun cancer. You're going to have to get sun cancer. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's incoherent. It it makes no sense. The timing, the rollout, the content, the enforcement, everything about it is stupid. But, you know, one of the things that did happen was as soon as they made that rule, the new rule in June, all of a sudden, RPMs didn't go down. Strikeouts did go down. Even right. top guys like Trevor like Max, like Jacob DeBrom, all these other guys, everything went down. Just like, boom. It's like they just, you know, pulled the magic potion out of their pocket. So clearly there was something going on there. Sure. That was part of their secret. Absolutely. I'm not denying that. But why do it now in this way? Seems pretty, seems like the negative, the debt, the drawbacks are worse than the positives because the positive pretty much affected everyone equally. Any pitcher could use it if they wanted. All all batters were affected equally. Okay. But now <clears throat> it's now it's prone to all of this human error and the umpire stuff and the and the dramatics. The dramatics. The dramatics. <laughs> <laughs> the dramatics. Oh, so exotic. So <laughs> let's get back to sort of the uh, the basic chronology. So they do this rule. And everybody is forced to go along with it because otherwise they're going to get a 10-day suspension. And now the cat is out of the bag. And and to mix metaphors, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. But this is clearly because of MLB ownership fucking it up once again. It seems to me all their problems over the last three decades, the 1994 strike, the crazy use of performance-enhancing drugs by players in the 90s and the double O's, the juice baseballs in 2019, their failure to start the COVID-2021 season in a timely manner all seem to be issues of their own invention and incompetence. It just, I, it amazes me that 30 U.S. billionaires, very successful in other business sectors, can't seem to manage a relatively simple sports franchise. Something based on a man hitting a ball with a wooden stick that has remained almost entirely unchanged for over 150 years. We're not talking about Facebook. We're not talking about, you know, uh, uh, what's-his-face going into space. You know, Richard Branson. Come on, it's baseball. Grown men hitting a ball with a stick that people pay to watch. Now, how do... How does the MLB get out of their this latest bucket of shit that, of their own invention? Or, or should they? Should they just sit in the shit and say, here we are? 
They need a Kennesaw Mountain Landis for the 21st century. <laughs> That's what I would like. Uh, I don't know what they do now. Do you think that they, my, the question I have is, did they do it on purpose to drum up attention because of well, declining viewership? You know what? I hadn't thought about that. That was a good point that we raised in 2019 when, when it came to the uh, the juicing? sign stealing. Not the juicing. More, it was more the sign stealing stuff um. that it drummed up viewership. Once, you know, a, a, a juicy scandal is always good right. for anything, right? Sure. So, and people were, you know, so maybe, I don't know. I mean, you're, you know, the next point is, 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 is Trevor Bauer being punished? But um, I don't know. That's an interesting take. I don't, I wonder if anybody's looked at it because they're like, they're, they're so inept at marketing. You know, people are just constantly... You know, even people that love this game, like all the big announcers on CNN or CNN, ESPN, stuff like that, they're all NBC Sports. They're like, these guys can't market themselves out of a paper bag. And I know you always like love to make fun of like, you know, pups in the park and all these other little, you know, things that they do for local fans. But, you know, just the most basic stuff, like when, when the NFL has a draft. You know, they had the MLB draft just last week during the All-Star Week. And it's it's when the NFL has a draft, it is almost like the Super Bowl itself. I mean, you would even watch it if Britney Spears or, or you know, okay, somebody. Okay, excuse somebody me. I watched here. it once because Taylor Swift announced. Taylor Swift. I'm, <laughs> forgive me. About it forgive me if I mix up my blondes. No, I so. agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you that. Um, the NFL draft is like a cultural phenomenon, which again, the fact that Taylor Swift, who like doesn't even have probably a huge crossover with the NFL hardcore, you know, like the hardcore NFL fan and a hardcore Taylor Swift fan are not probably like best friends. They're probably not the same person. Everybody wants you. Everybody wants a female millennial. That's what sports, all sports are going after. They already sure, have sure, every beer it, drink, beer guzzling, you know, idiot like me watching. They don't, you know, how do we expand our audience? It's a testament to what the NFL, although I, I've heard that the NFL has issues as well. Well, everybody has issues uh, from the, just the standpoint of TV because TV sure. is as a medium, you know, live TV, any kind of TV Anything that isn't streaming, I mean, that whole business model is collapsing. And maybe right. the only thing that's left is sports. Sports and election returns and and breaking news on the next uh, serial killing or something. Right. But if people care about sports, they're probably like consuming it in a different way than watching. Right. Two, because because game. the major league networks, they're, they're poaching themselves in essence because they all have their own separate streaming networks where you can watch everything. You don't have to go to ABC or ESPN or NBC or anything else. Right. You can just be by the MLB thing and watch it on all your devices. Sure. But just to try to get us back, I mean, OK, OK, so all TV is is struggling, but baseball is struggling more. Yes, because they can't market at all. At least NFL and because knows it's how to baseball, but it's also it's baseball. You mean because it takes five hours and it's very slow moving and sure. 
Because, you know, football is like people are running around, they're hitting each other. Baseball is just is a different pace. I don't I don't think it's boring. It's just different. So can we can we go back to Trevor Bauer for a moment? Please. <laughs> the plot begins to thicken somewhere here. Despite it clearly being against his career and financial interests to keep his big mouth shut, Bauer chooses to essentially whistleblow on MLB. He wasn't just a source in that one April article. He goes on and on, and there's like another self-produced video that he did that was almost like 45 minutes long on this subject. So as a result, the MLB, uh, you couldn't say it was all him. I mean, reporters were obviously on this, but they were forced to react, and they did. But then... Almost immediately after that new MLB change to Rule 3.01, this bizarre sex allegation suddenly comes to light and the Dodgers are forced to suspend Bauer, although with full pay. So I don't know how that's a bad thing. But anyways, and I don't know anything about the shadowy world of S&M. What perplexes me is the timing. I'm apparently not a person anyone wants to use as a sex amusement park. But if I were, I think I'd call the police immediately following whatever the actual thing was. I don't think I'd wait three months. But anyways, this woman in question did wait months to register her objection. And actually, no criminal charges have yet been filed, although... It's in the media. It seems to be uh, heavily leaked into the media. So I don't know. What do you make of this? Does it is it just circumstantial bullshit? Mm, you mean you think you're alleging or saying that there may be some connection between? I am. Yes, I am making a uh, conjecture. I'm. I'm speculating. I don't have actual proof that there is. And I know correlation is not causation. It's not equal. But well, yeah. But 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 it just seems extraordinarily suspicious to me that he would receive this potentially career-ending threat days after he sort of outs the MLB, sort of codifies what all these journalists were doing. They could have been, you know, the Washington Post and the Sporting News and Sports Illustrated, they could have been running around with rumors and all this other crap for, and nobody would have paid any attention, right? But if you get a Cy Young, if you get a Max Scherzer or a Trevor Bauer or a Jacob DeGrom or, you know, somebody like that comes out and says, yeah, man, this is bullshit. That completely validates everything, right? Right. So are they punishing him? It could be. I don't want to say. I did read a little bit about the specifics of the allegation. Yeah, I mean, look, if this was in a court, obviously lawyers for the woman would bring on all kinds of psychologists who would say all these things about how, like, it's a very common pattern of behavior among women of who have experienced sexual assault to try to um, maintain friendly relationships with their abuser or to wait, you know, or to be in denial or to wait a long time. But both these guys are are not the usual people, though, right? Because they both have a history of having an interest 
in in some level of S and M type experiences. So that sure. complicates matters. They're not like you know um, you know girl next door, boy next door get together and beat each other up just randomly. <laughs> no, they're actually people in L A. No, that I go into that. that underworld. So, and when you go into that underworld, you know you're going to get a black eye. I'm guessing. I've never been, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, so they met on Instagram. Is that and it? Sh- and she traveled from San Diego to L.A. to meet him. Okay, that's a long trip. And the, well, not that long. For a date? For a date, yeah, exactly. So she's very Two hours for a date. <laughs> and, and I believe, I haven't read the messages, but like the articles, the lawyers suggest that the messages between them suggest that she was like asking for it rough and she's game for all of this right and that stuff right right i don't know how that works i've <laughs> never i don't have any firsthand experience i know that if well thank god when i saw that hammer in your bedroom i was getting a little worried <laughs> yeah so he's a professional athlete so he's probably he's a pitcher. He's probably stronger than the average guy. So yeah, well, that's true. And she knows who he is, and that's probably part of why she's interested in him. And she goes to meet him. They have a sexual encounter. Apparently, after the first one, she has black eyes and swollen lip and bruises and scratches, which seem I, I, it seems par for the course. And then they they continued to talk. And then she went back and met him again. Right. They had two incidents, right? Sure. They did. But so, we don't really then, know that much. I mean, there hasn't been that much that's been leaked, actually. Well, okay. We could talk about the details. I, are the details that important? No, Anybody no, can come forward no. with an allegation against anyone at any time. Exactly. And they the do. The question is, like, in that kind of case, what is the, what is the responsibility of a team? The Dodgers are clearly not interested in punishing him because he's not not receiving pay. He's just not uh, in front of the cameras because they probably don't want... I'm sure there's a lot of, like, uh, Actually, he is, women he is fans of pay. the Dodgers. That's what I mean. They're not punishing okay. him. No, no. Him, I mean, not giving him pay. I mean, his records are going to go down. I mean, he's, he's blown his Cy Young Award thing for the year, right? Because he won't have enough numbers up there, so that in th- in that sense, it's a punishment. But I mean, he's still going to make thirty five million dollars this year, no matter what. Right, but the Dodgers are a private entity. Right. So they can do whatever they want. Um. Yeah. Although, it, with they... regard to this, if somebody if says, "Hey, we've heard something in the media about, that seems to reflect badly on your character, that reflects badly on us as an organization," um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of female fans of the Dodgers that might be bothered by hearing about sex allegations against a pitcher. Right. But, but again, you know, sports is entertainment. It's not like food or gas or electricity or water. It's, you know, they, it, it, it exists at the pleasure of its customer base. And exactly. if they don't like you, you know, you and I covered what a year ago, like the 1919 White Sox scandal and the, massive effect that that had 
on uh, viewership, people coming to games, people listening on the radio. It cost everybody billions of dollars because they didn't trust the game anymore. So they always have to worry about that, right? I mean, at any point, they can be just boycotted. Right. So that's what the Dodgers are doing. Just they're they're catering to their base and they say, okay, we're going to investigate this, blah, blah, blah. You're suspended. Well, they're just being hesitant. Like in the current environment, if you were the owner of a multi-million dollar uh, entity, are you going to take any risks with your about sexual assault with your pitcher and incur potential wrath and alienate people? Probably not. Just from a purely, this is not a moral thing at all because it is just an allegation and there are no, so the, the only court order that exists is like an ex parte. A restraining order. order, right? Well, no, it's not a restraining order. So a restraining order, an ex parte order I can basically get that against anyone at any time without the other person knowing. It's a temporary thing that doesn't require the other person to be aware of what I'm saying. Whereas a restraining order, like you actually have to go before a judge and there is like a little bit of um, oversight as to who's getting it. And Trevor Bauer can have a lawyer and he could be like, hey, this is bullshit. So she doesn't, she doesn't have a, a restraining order based on the articles I've read so far. Well, his first hearing is, we might have to do a little follow-up. His first hearing is July 23rd. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I don't know how this all resolves, but I did want to get your view on this point, which I think is going to be a reoccurring theme on this particular podcast, Scandal Sheet. This particular scandal, like so many others, has occurred in plain sight for years. Or in this case, even decades. I mean, it's not a backroom deal in the Oval Office or the Kremlin or the penthouse of Trump Tower or Amazon or Microsoft. I mean, so much completely illegal or unethical crap is apparently hiding in plain sight all over the place. And no one does anything about it until a powerful whistleblower, for whatever reasons he has in his his or her head, shows up. Or a media group figure figures out how to turn it into a story or something like that. We can, you know, we can go back to a Watergate episode from the, you know, earlier. But I don't even know what the uh, what the the actual question is. I just thought maybe you would have some insight into the nature of scandal and how it is so thoroughly integrated into every aspect of our society. Oh wow, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to do some homework. I in, in this rundown, it says, Kasia, improv. This is what you were born for. This is what 10K Kasia fans want to hear. Please go for it. No, I was just like reading articles about Trevor Bauer. <laughs> um, well, yeah, a scandal is a scandal because it exists in the society pervasively. It speaks to some like undercurrent of human nature that civilization wants to avoid and so by nature of that it is everywhere it is within all of us it is ongoing it is pervasive and then something comes out and then we all have to be surprised because there's this other like layer of 
civilization and decorum and like the masks that we wear as a society. So you're saying, okay, it's like, oh my God, people are having sex. Right. Oh my God, they're they're peeing on each other for fun. Ah! There's gambling in the casino. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's just, it's the um, nature versus civilization thing. The nature is always there. The civilization is always there. And then when one kind of creeps through the facade, we all like have to deal with it. We all have to rearrange our norms and our conversations and our social cues in order to deal with like this new reality that we've all been denying. That's a very abstract way of talking about Gorilla Glue. <laughs> is is the entire human race basically a bunch of rubberneckers? In other words, you know how people, yeah. like when they go by an accident on the highway, they all have to slow down and see, oh, who got killed? I, is someone is someone like totally mangled? You know, just like, yeah, I really want to see that, man. Even though it slows up the traffic and you're really pissed like the hour it took you to even get up to the accident, you're like, uh, but not, ooh, I'm going to slow down too. So, Yeah, pretty much. I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> I feel like I was, I was reaching for something higher than that, but <laughs> well, that's you know, all that came, that came through. You're like, that's what I you're like Michelle Obama. You go high when I go low. That is the first and last time I'll be compared to Michelle. <laughs> You're taller than her. Okay, well, I got okay, that Okay, there, got that one. Well, that's the end of the ninth on this episode, folks. I want to thank my great coaching staff, Cassie and Bernice, and we hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platform. And we'd love it if you'd leave us a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you. So you can reach us online at scandalsheetprod.com, Facebook, or Twitter. Or just send us an email to contact at scandalsheetpod.com. We'll see you next time on Scandal Sheet. Copyright 2021, Bad Helsley Media, LLC, all rights reserved.